let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. What a fitting way to approach the fruit of the Spirit again for us. We are um, continuing our series today as we walk through the fruit of the Spirit and see how we can grow in the character of Christ. So today, our word for the day, as I mentioned earlier, is kindness and the characteristic that we want to grow in in our lives. Studying for this lesson was very helpful for me, and I'm excited to share what God's kindness looks like in us today. But I think that we can see our need for kindness in our world today. It's everywhere where we see the struggle for kindness. Bullying exists in schools and workplaces. People are unkind to workers at stores and waiters at restaurants. People are unkind to their neighbors and coworkers. People are unkind on the phone with the customer service workers. I speak from personal experience on the receiving end of that one. People are unkind to others on social media. Everywhere we look, we can see unkindness. So today we need to focus on kindness because if we're not careful, we can be caught up in how the world views kindness. And so today we'll look at kindness through the teaching of Jesus, and specifically the golden rule. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. We'll be in the middle of Luke chapter 6 here in just a moment where we can find the golden rule, where Jesus says here, and as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. That's going to be the refrain of our morning. That's going to help us to learn how to treat others. That's going to learn to help us to look more like our God. This is a rule that's essential for us. In Matthew's Gospel, where the uh, longer version of the Sermon on the Mount is, Jesus says this rule contains all the law and the prophets. God has been trying to communicate this idea for generations, that he wants people to be kind to one another. And he's continued to have to send prophets and reminders and different messengers to come and tell people to be kind to one another. This is not something that is not consequential. This is something that is important for us. God wants us to know how to be kind. So we'll see what Jesus is talking about in Luke chapter 6 to help us contextualize and apply this important rule so we can live by it today. So Jesus tells us to be kind expecting nothing. Pick up in your Bibles, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 31, and we'll read through verse 34. There Jesus says, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. And we'll stop there. So when Jesus gives this command in verse 31, he gives it in the positive. Do to others as you would have them do to you. It was a common teaching from rabbis in the time of the Jews that they would say, don't do to others what you wouldn't have them do to you. They gave it in the negative. You hear the difference? So one is a way we often hear and remember this text in a way that is incorrect. It does make it easier though, doesn't it? It's a little bit easier to not do harm to someone, to not do what they might dislike, than it is to go and do what you would like most. It takes a little bit of effort 
to not harm others. It means we have to restrain our anger and have some self-control when we feel they deserve retaliation. But we don't have to go out of our way to do not harm others. We do have to go out of our way to do good for others. And so there is a proactive nature to the positive way Jesus gives this command. He pushes us out, out of our comfort zone, into kindness. So doing kindness should cost us. Culturally, that is hard for us. Because we live in a transactional culture. We're used to receiving something for our time. That's how our society is built. We're used to getting paid or accruing favors for what we do. I'll take you to the airport if you agree to take me at a later date, right? That way you can help me and I can help you. I'll take down my neighbor's trash in hopes that he'll take it down for me next week when I'm out of town. I'll uh, help you move if you help me with a favor that I need. These are things that exist in our world. These are just things that we, I think, take for granted, that these are normal ways that we interact with people. And of course, we have hopes that others will reciprocate our kindness, that when we do something nice for someone, we kind of hope that they'll do something nice back. Because when we do something kind, without a kind response, it can lead us to being discouraged. But maybe now we're seeing the difficulty of this command, because Jesus isn't saying, be kind to someone else who will be kind to you or has been kind to you. He's saying, be kind no matter what. And so that in increases the difficulty for us. We're surrounded by people, and maybe we are people, who live by the mantra, what's in it for me? And that is not the Christ-like way that fits into this rule. This is shown by how the people in this text show love, how they do good, and how they lend money to others. Everything they do, they ask the question, what's in it for me? And so what Jesus is saying is don't be kind with a sense of obligation for the other person. Don't show kindness just so you can get something over them and they can owe you something. In fact, when we're looking at the lending aspect of this, Matthew's account of the command of, of Jesus, he says that even the tax collectors lend like this. And here it says even the sinners lend like this. And of course, tax collectors were famous for trying to get things over on people. They were trying to get a little bit extra. They were trying to have their thumb on the scale and have a little bit of injustice so they can get a little more money in their pocket. Even they do this. So, this should not be so with the people of Christ. We aren't trying to bank kindness up for ourselves. We're trying to grow in Christ and be more like Him. Because we need to see how people are tempted to approach this rule before we can do this the right way. Because there might be some of those thoughts that creep into our minds unknowingly. I will treat you how I want to be treated, and I expect you to reciprocate. You will treat me how I want to be treated. We often even demand it. We are tempted to use this golden rule in an attempt to make life smooth for ourselves, not an attempt to help someone else, not an attempt to look like Christ. And my family, I'll treat them nicely as long as they treat me nicely. To my coworkers, I'll be a good coworker to them as long as they're a good coworker to me. Even in our church families, I'll be kind as long as I get my way. We can see how this can be a pitfall for us, can't we? Jesus doesn't give us this rule as an attempt for us to gain power over others. He gives us this rule so we can show true kindness. Because Jesus tells us that we should expect nothing 
in return for our kindness. He asks, what benefit, it, benefit? what benefit is it for you? Because even the sinners do this. Because if we're trying to take on the character of God and grow in his nature this year, we need to go beyond what is normal for our world. We need to go beyond what the sinners do and they, how they benefit themselves. We're trying to do more than what our world decides is good. And this is one of the distinctive ways that we can tell that we are in Christ or not based on our expectations for the return of our kindness. So when we approach kindness, are we trying to receive a reward or are we trying to just receive Christ? Sinners serve, sure. They do serve, they do love, they do lend, but they expect something in return. Disciples of Christ serve, they love, they lend, and expect nothing in return. And there is a reward that is coming. That's just not from the people that you are showing kindness to. Keep that thought. We're going to come back to that. There is a reward coming. It's just not from the people you show kindness to. So, if I am thinking about the things I want people to do for me, I have a great calling ahead of me, don't I? Because there are a lot of things that I would like. There is a long list of kindnesses that I would love to be shown to me. Because I don't know about you, there are a lot of things that I would enjoy to have done. Go with me here. I'm going to have several conditions and examples of ways that we can approach this. In my relationships, I want my friends and the people around me to ask me questions about my life instead of just them talking about their lives. So what should I do? I should be asking them about their life. If I have a place I want to go eat, or food that I want for a meal, I want them to ask me what my preference is. So what should I do? I should be asking them what they want to do. If I have uh, an activity that I want to do, I have a hobby that I want to pursue, I want them to offer to do my thing. So I should be asking them what they want to do. I have gifts that I want to receive, so I should be asking them what gifts they want to receive. How about here in worship? I have songs that I want to sing, so I should be excited to sing the songs that others want to sing. Now those preferences might align, and they hopefully do, and they often do, but sometimes we have to sing songs that are songs that others like more than we like. That's just our personal preferences, and that's okay. How about at work? I'd love to have things taken off my plate, so I need to be the one to take things off of others' plates. How about in our homes? There are things that husbands would prefer to be done for them. So there are things that wives would prefer to be done for them. Are they considering the other one's needs more than their own? How about even for our younger ones? I'm sure that there are times where you want to spend time with your friends and you wanted to play the games that you wanted to play. You should be thinking about what others want outside of your age group maybe and outside of your friend group maybe so that we can all be like Jesus in the way that we consider others' needs above our own. We spend a lot of time thinking about what we want. This rule that Jesus gives us will help us to use that time thinking about what we want and then giving it to others. This is a transformational way that we can approach our relationships because it is no longer about us in the center. It is about the person that we are dealing with. And so we should respond in kindness regardless of what kind of response we get in our life. Jesus isn't just giving us a command here. 
He's giving us a better way to live. And so we should be kind and expect nothing in return for our kindness. But there is more to this. You notice that there was a little bit before verse 31. I did that for a purpose. So the second part is to be kind to enemies. Be kind to our enemies. Let's pick up reading in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Now this takes us to an even farther step of how we can consider others before ourselves, how we can show kindness in our relationships. Remember, Jesus said, treat others how you want to be treated. Now if you look down at verse 31 in your Bibles, you'll notice it doesn't say, treat others how they treat you. Respond in kind. Jesus does not say any such thing. That's how the world seems to interpret what we should do with our relationships. How you listen and how you deal with others. If someone hurts you, you better hurt them right back. If someone insults you, you have every right to insult them back. And if you don't, maybe it's a sign of weakness. That's our world's thought process in going into relationships. That's their way of handling this. And this isn't new. This goes all the way back to Cain, where people have not shown kindness in their relationships and instead have tried to solve their own problems with vengeance. I feel like I have been slighted or mistreated. I didn't get what I wanted, so the other person has to pay for my hurt. Very few people have, in the scriptures have shown kindness to their enemies. It has happened. There are some examples. But the Bible is full of people who show cruelty to their enemies. People respond to wrongdoing with vengeance. That's the way that we respond in, without Christ influencing us in this. But Jesus reverses that for us here. It's not be kind to others who are easy to love. It's be kind even to your enemies and love them. It's hard for us to apply this message, though. Because enemies feels like a strong word. And this description of an enemy is a, not something I, I really apply in my life. It's not something I feel that happens. Those who hate me, those who curse me, those who abuse me, those who strike me on the cheek, those who take away my clothing, I don't have often that happen in my life. I assume it's probably the same for you. But we need to talk about how we can apply us, apply this for us. Because we may not have enemies in the way Jesus is describing here, but we do have people that we are tempted to be unkind towards. We have that coworker who always seems to make more work for us. Is that Tim? No. <laughs> no. We have that neighbor that gets on our nerves. We may have a family member that we struggle to get along with. There are lots of people that we can struggle to be unkind towards. We can struggle to be kind towards. And sometimes we can be tempted to be unkind towards people even that we care about. It's not just enemies that we struggle with kindness with. Because we can be tired or stressed. And we often find ourselves being unkind to the people that we love most. So there's something that we need to say here. 
that being kind all the time is hard. This is not an easy thing that Jesus is telling us to do. We need to start with how we treat those close to us. We need to be very careful in times of stress, in times where we're tired, to take care with what we say and how we behave. Because often our unkindness is not a reflection of the other person. It's actually us showing what's in us. I'm being unkind because of my fault and my struggle, not because we're responding to an enemy. But there are several ways that we can show kindness in difficult situations. And how we speak to others in disagreement and in uh, conflict times is very important. And I've noticed that the way people talk to each other in media has, has gotten escalated somehow. And past several years, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been happening. Because if you watch the news, there are accusations that are thrown around and anger is behind many conversations. It is often us versus them, and it doesn't matter which channel you have on. If you're watching talk shows about sports even, they're shouting over each other and angry over the most trivial things like which basketball player is better. Things that don't matter and their way of talking about it is yelling and anger, inflammatory. Now I understand why they do this. They're, they're trying to cater to a world that gets their media in short 10 second clips. They're trying to make sure that people see their, their conversations and it gets eyes and ears. So inflammatory and loud is what gets eyes and ears to come for those videos. But that's a problem if that's how we see communication. If that's what really gets eyes and ears, something needs to change. There are more and more places where we can see unkindness as the basis of our communication. We see it on our TV screens, we see it in our politicians, we see it in our schools, we even see it in our homes and in our churches. Unkindness can seep in. It's part of our culture. We have to be aware that it's a problem in our world so that we can just move in another direction, a Christ-like direction. So take time to think before you speak, listen well, and respond in the best way that you can in kindness instead of responding like the world responds. So how we speak to others in disagreement is important. That might be the closest we come to a time of having an enemy because that's how our world views disagreement. But it's beyond that because how we talk and think about people when we aren't with them is also important. It's hard to be kind in person to an enemy. It might be harder behind closed doors. We can be tempted to be unkind towards and closed doors towards people, either with how we think about them or how we're talking about them to those around us. We can't expect to show kindness in a harsh time, in a difficult time with someone, if we aren't being kind to them in our hearts and minds. We have to have this moment where we decide that we're going to be kind to them ourselves first before we even enter the room. We don't succeed in kindness if we don't practice it. Are you seeing the difficulty of kindness? There's no days off. There's no time where you get to take a break. It is an ongoing decision to be kind to those around you. Have you ever had a problem with someone? And you were deciding that you needed to go and talk to them about it. You need to resolve this. How hard is it to be kind to them in the early moments of that problem? 
we often villainize them, right? We paint a picture that is, oh, they have wronged me. They have done something truly terrible. And we are unkind to them in our minds, and we tear them down. What do you think the success will be if we have that picture of them in our minds as we go to try and resolve that problem? In order for us to be kind, we need to be kind before any conversation happens. Now, we won't always have the opportunity to do this. We won't have time to sit and think and plan, although I think we'd like to have that often. So sometimes we need to be practicing it before we even know the problem is there. Can we spend some time preparing ourselves for kindness? Because we need to think about how important that relationship is to us. If it's a coworker, I have to sit by him every day. I'd rather have peace here. I would rather be kind here so that work, the workplace is not a place of anger. If it's at church, I have to worship the Lord with this person. I need to choose kindness so this person and I can worship the Lord in unity. If it's in our homes, I see them every day. What an important place for us to practice kindness. Or, on the other hand, if they truly are wrong and they won't respond to our kindness, if they're not willing to reciprocate, if they're not willing to help in any way, we need to think about how we can grow in our Christ-likeness and our kindness. If you can't focus on how important that relationship is to you, focus on how important your relationship with God is. Because God is asking you to be kind. And you can always look to Him because He will be there in the way that you need Him to be in these times. We can show kindness in many ways. This is not an exhaustive list. But it is so important for us to be kind people as we walk with God. Unkindness is the way that many choose. It is the common path. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, his, his golden rule that where Jesus speaks it comes immediately after. Um, these verses come immediately after it. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Unkindness is the common way. It is the way that the world takes and it leads to destruction. Kindness leads to a reward. You remember earlier how I said there was a reward. And there is a reason for our kindness. Pick up in verse 35. In verse 31, Jesus says, And as you wish that others would do to you, so do so to them. Verse 35. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So this reward is, verse 35, that we are sons of the Most High. In this, Jesus repeats the two elements of the kindness that has been shown. He shows us again, loving your enemies and not expecting anything in return. And the reward is great. That because of our kindness, we can have a relationship with God. We can be sons and daughters of the Most High. We, through kindness, can have a better relationship with our God. In other words, if we show kindness to others will receive kindness from our God. How great is that? Is there not a better reason for us to show kindness to those around us? It is such a blessing with how this passage reads for us. 
Be kind to others even when they won't repay you. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Even when they won't repay you because God is going to be the one who repays you. There is a great end to this. God has a greater offer in repaying our kindness than any sort of expectation of return from people. God can give us more. Second, we should be kind because God has shown us kindness in the first place. That's the second half of verse 35 and 36. Do you see what kind of people he has shown kindness to? He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Do you know who that is? That's us. God has shown us kindness when we were enemies and when we were people who could not reciprocate. That is what God has done for us. What a great reward we have. His mercy has been given to us. And so we repay him by showing mercy to others. We even fail and sin sometimes in our lives, in our kindness. And God still continues to show kindness towards us. He still continues to show mercy towards us. He has covered us with mercy, love, and kindness. And our response has to be to cover others in kindness every day, even if they don't deserve it. Our role, our role in this world is not to earn respect and power based on our behavior. It's not to take vengeance over our enemies. Our role in this world is to take on the character of God. And the way that we do that, at least for this week and this characteristic of God, is to show kindness. And the character of God is so great that we can take on more and more of who He is as we study Him this year. So for this week and throughout your life, choose to be kind. It is, a bigger, it is bigger than you and your relationship and your problems. It is who God is. It is a great thing to be kind because it helps us to be closer to the character of God. So we're going to sing a song that encourages us to, to be kind. Let's stand as we sing.